concise knowledge. A few minutes today, and I plan to do justice to these scriptures. This word has burnt in my heart for a bit. And I tell you, I'm, I'm positive that today somebody is going back blessed. Somebody is going back lifted. You are going back with an open eye, open heart, to know exactly who you are and who you serve. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask for your spirit that makes teaching easy. I receive, Lord, from you agility of mind to think exactly what you want me to think and to say exactly what you want me to say. And I ask, oh God, for a mighty supply of your spirit in this place today that sicknesses will be healed, depression will be taken away, that death will be taken over by life in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word today that we come into our hearts and will set us upon our feet and make us the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Trying to find my Luke 24. That's my text today. Amen. I just want to take a few lessons I've learned. This is uh, Resurrection Month. I want to take a few lessons I've learned from the resurrection of Christ. Amen. You know, when people begin to... Um, when we celebrate, we like to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, maybe because there's going to be a lot of gifts, um, outings and all that. So it looks like Christmas is more important than Easter. Easter sometimes, in fact, this Easter, I don't even know how the Easter went. Maybe because of how, what was happening in the church. I'm not even sure we said happy Easter. <laughs> Hallelujah. But believe me, on Easter lays the foundation of Christianity. On the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ lays the foundation of Christianity. If Jesus had not come, if Jesus had not died, if he was not buried, then what still, if he did not resurrect, we will be of all men most miserable. Luke 24, from verse 1, I'll read to maybe verse 10. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? Hallelujah. He's not here, but he's risen. Go back. He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. Saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day he will rise again. 
and they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was those women that we were talking about in verse 1. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Hallelujah. So the crucifix is not the true symbol of redemption. That is the cross with the suffering Christ upon it. But we are past that and gone forever. When you go into the house of a person, of Christians, you will see Christ on the cross. We are past that. Christ is no longer on the cross. That's gone forever. The cross shining in the halo of the glory beyond and the crown above is the true symbol of Christianity. Hallelujah. The, resurrection, the resurrected Christ is the true symbol of Christianity. Christ is no longer on the cross. He has died that we should not die. We now have victory over death and sickness or whatever evil the devil brings to us. By reason of the resurrection, because Christ died, because Christ went to the grave, he fought the devil, he took the keys of Hades, the keys of hell, and he won victory over the devil. And then he resurrected. Hallelujah. The meaning of Easter is that Jesus is alive and is the living head of Christianity and the personal and intimate friend of every believer. Hallelujah. To whom he becomes revealed as our indwelling life and the source of all strength and victory. Hallelujah. Many, all, not many religions, all religions tell us about their founder, whether it is Muhammad, whether it is Buddha. Whenever their founder died, not, none of them claims to have resurrected. Is there any religion that claims that their uh, founder has resurrected? But for us, we serve a God that is alive. We serve a God that is not dead. The Bible says, if we, are, if we served a Jesus that did not resurrect, we are of all men most miserable. Unfortunately for the devil, unfortunately for us, our God is alive. 1 Corinthians 15, let me read from verse 13. I will just do a few points today on a few lessons from the resurrection of Christ. It says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is no reason. And if Christ is no reason, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Hallelujah. Our faith is not empty because our Christ is risen. He, he's not dead. He's alive. And when he rose, he rose together with us. Hallelujah. We are not down there. So, I, 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 wa I want to charge you this morning that as you leave this place, leave this place with a consciousness of the God in whom you serve. Leave this place with the consciousness that you are resurrected, that you are alive, and that you cannot die. Hallelujah. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Go to the next verse. Sorry. Hallelujah. Yes. 
and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise. Verse 16. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. They tell you we are no longer afraid of death because when we sleep, when we die, we will certainly arise. We will certainly move from this place. I like 1 Corinthians 15. It tells us so much about us when we sleep. It says we will put on a new body, an incorruptible body. We will become new persons who will never die. Now, this is it. Whether you die in Christ or not in Christ, after you put on the new body, you will not die. You either go to hell and you stay there and not die, a place of torment, or you have the glorious body who forever celebrates with the King of Kings. Hallelujah. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. Hallelujah. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Amazing God. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. But, go on. In this life only, we have hope in Christ. If in this life only, we have hope in Christ, we have all men most pitiable. King James Version says, we are of all men most miserable. Now, when Christ died and rose again, he gave us the ability to rise. He gave to us resurrection life. The Bible calls him the life-giving spirit. Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that means if Jesus, if death could not keep Jesus down, and that spirit that made him to rise lives with you, then you cannot die. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse. Hallelujah. But now, glory to Jesus. Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He's alive and not dead. Hallelujah. Please go back to Luke 24. I just wanted to establish the fact that Christ is alive. Hallelujah. Our Christ is alive. He is not dead. Glory to Jesus. So Luke 24 from verse 1. Hallelujah. So I want to, like I said, I want to give us a few lessons, you know, I learned from this scripture. So I'm just going to take Luke 24 and then give us a few lessons. There are so many things to take home from the resurrection of Christ, honestly. There are so much to take home from the, from the resurrection of Christ. If you know that you serve a God who resurrected, then the devil has no power over you. The devil had no power over God, over Jesus Christ. Remember that he is God. The devil has no power over you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them bringing the spices which they had prepared. Sorry, please. So, Sunday morning... The first day of the week became the day of Christian worship. Amen. In Acts 27, 
and in many other scriptures, but I just like to use Acts 27. The Bible says on Sunday, that's on the first day of the week, that the, that the disciples came together to break bread. It says now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. So because of that first day where Jesus resurrected, the disciples began to meet on the first day. And that's why we still meet. You see, a lot of, a lot of um, religions meet on different days. But we meet on the first day, which is Sunday, because that is the beginning of the church. Hallelujah. This change from tra traditional and biblical Sabbath is in itself a strong evidence of the resurrection because it shows the strength of the disciples' conviction about what happened on that day. Hallelujah. Go to verse 2. So just um, preamble uh, from verse 1, we know that Christians... Go to verse 2, please. We know that uh, we began to meet um, based on the resurrection. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Hallelujah. The first... My first um, lesson today is that we now have access... They found the tomb, the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they got, when the women got to the tomb, there was no stone. It was opened. Remember that at this time, in Matthew 27, 62, if you have it please, to, um, to 66, Pilate, you know, Jesus had actually prophesied that he was going to die and rise again on the third day. So Pilate and the government did not want it to happen. So they were going to do everything possible. It says on the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate. Quickly, please. Saying, sir, we remember while he was still alive, how that the deceiver said, after three days I will rise. Quickly. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. In the first, he said he's the king. He said he's the savior. Then he said to them, then he came and he was the king. He was the savior. He was healing the sick. He was God in man. Then he said again, he said, I'm going to die and rise again. After three days, they said, let's not allow these things to happen. No. Because his disciples may go and steal his body. Pilate said to them, you have a God. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. Hallelujah. So they went and made the tomb secure. Sealing the stone and setting the God. So that place was, you know how Aso Rock is well kept. It was well kept. They first of all sealed it. The entrance to the tomb was blocked by a heavy circular shaped stone. Since securely rolled in a channel. So only several strong men could move it. It was so secured. It was so securely sealed that one, two, three, four people could not move it. It was not just only sealed. They were armed guards guarding the, guarding the, the tomb. Paradventure, people could come and, and, and move the stone. They were guards with guns. So they made it so impossible for, this, for it to be open. So this was done to ensure that no one will have access to the body. Hallelujah. 
So first of all, these women, when they were going, they did not have an understanding. They did not know how they were going to roll the stone. They were go Please give me Mark 16, 3. They were going as was the custom. You know, when a person dies in, in, in the Jewish culture, you will go and embalm and all that. So the women were going there. It says, now they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? That means the women knew it was impossible for them to roll the stone. And, we, and the women were not even strong enough to roll the stones. Now, the disciples... Even if they were going to be able to call themselves together, which they could not do, the, the, the tomb was already sealed. But because of the guards and the guns, they couldn't even think about it. That meant that nobody was even thinking about rolling away the stones. Hallelujah. Matthew 28 verse 2. Matthew 28 verse 2 tells us that the angels of God rolled the stones. It says, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. The angel of the Lord rolled the stone away. Like when Peter was in the prison and they were guards with all the things they used to tie them. They were not sleeping. But the angel of God came and set them free. The angel of the Lord appeared. Despite the seal. Despite the, the guard and the, the guards and the guns. The angels rolled the stone away. Mind you, that stone was not rolled for Jesus to come out. John 20 and verse 19. That stone was not rolled because Jesus could not come out of the tomb. John 20 and verse 19. Because the Bible tells us that in the resurrected body, Jesus would enter a place where there were people. And no door nor wall was able to stop him. That no matter the situation, Jesus was able to enter and change it. So that stone was not rolled away because Jesus was not powerful enough. The stone was rolled away for you and I. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the angels were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. Jesus did not need the stone to be rolled away for him to stand up. That stone was rolled. Hallelujah. That stone was rolled so that they could see in and be persuaded that Jesus Christ was and is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Everything his death, burial, and resurrection bought for us, we now have access. That's what the, the rolling stone did for us. He opened the door. He gave us access to Christ. Hallelujah. He gave us access to Christ. Now we can enjoy freely what God has given to us. What is it that you, you desire? The stone has been rolled away. The stone has been rolled away for you to have access. The Bible says now we can come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can receive grace. Is there something you are trusting God for? There is grace made available for it because the stone that blocked our access has been rolled away. 
the stone that blocked our access, that thing that, 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 that confused our mind, blinded our mind, has been taken away. The gospel used to be mystery to us. Salvation and, and, and Christianity used to be mystery to us. It's no longer a mystery. The stones have been rolled away. Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. You have access to God. You have access to God. Don't let the devil um, um, steal your confidence. Don't let that um, prophet on the hill tell you that unless you come to me and I do and I kill one bed, or depending, they tell us, depending on how big, depending on how big the need is. If it's a small need, you need 10,000, they will kill rats, rabbits. If it is like 100,000, it will be chicken. If it's like 50 million, it will be cow. Hey, if it is 50 billion, it will be, okay, look at it. If it's 50 billion, it will be anybody on the street, madman, anybody. <laughs> if it is 50 trillion, it will be your mother. <laughs> That's it. Or your wife, somebody very close to you. Let me tell you, you don't need that prophet. You have access. You don't need that man. You have access. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. Okay, go quickly, quickly. Indeed, you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me. Go to verse, which verse should I start from now? Go to verse 5. Let me see. I just want to show you something. It says, which in other ages were not made known to the sons of men. Go to verse 4. Verse 4, verse 4, quick. By which you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Let's just go from here. Let me just, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his only apostles and prophets. It's talking about what we have. It's talking about the knowledge of who we are. Hallelujah. It says it's been revealed to us. Go to the next verse, quickly. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs Look at it. We now have access. It doesn't matter whether you are an Israelite. You know, people will say some gifts are for certain people. I've prayed for people for the baptism of the Holy Ghost before. Many, many times they will tell you, I believe it's not for everybody. It's for a selected people. You are the selected people. The stone has been rolled away. You now have access. It says we are now fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, through the resurrection of Christ. It says, of which I became a minister according to, the, according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective power, working of his power. Hallelujah. Please read Ephesians 1 to 12 when you get home. Read it in the message. We now have access. Let me tell you. There's nobody who has more rights to Christ than us. Who has more rights to the inheritance of God than me? We both have access. We are fellow heirs. Hallelujah. We are fellow heirs. The, 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 the closing door, that thing that made it impossible for us to access what Christ has given, has been removed. So we have access. You have access to healing. You have access to health. You have access to prosperity. You have access to abundance. You have access to wisdom. The stone has been rolled away. It's not for a selected few. It's for you. 
But one, one challenge I have with us Christians is many times we want to relate with God in the physical, in the carnal, and not in the spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The way to access God is by faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, many times you say, God, I want to have tangible, um, what do we call it now? Tangible, what do we call it? Encounter. It's good. It's good to have encounter with God, to see God. But the Bible says it is more blessed to believe than to see. Hallelujah. It is very good when you have tangible encounter with God. But whether you don't, you have that tangible encounter or not, the best place to be with God is the place of faith. Is the realm of the spirit. The realm of the spirit is the realm of faith. Now the Bible says without faith, it is impossible for you to please God. That means that God allows for you to have faith. God allows for you to have faith. What am I saying? You don't have to see God. He doesn't have to appear. All you need to do is take his word and believe it. If you believe it, it will work for you. The stone, the stone has been rolled away. You now have access. Believe it. If God says it, is it. Believe it. When you live today, Go back to your situation and speak to it because you now have grace. There's oil on your head. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Maybe I'll just do one or two today. And I'll continue tomorrow. Lift today knowing. I mean, I'll continue on Sunday. Tomorrow is Sunday. As far as we are concerned, you know, for us, tomorrow is Sunday. Next tomorrow is next Sunday. So, pastor is coming in two days' time. Hallelujah. You have access. You have access to God. You have access to God. You don't need that man to open the door for you. The door is opened already. You don't need that pastor. You don't need that prophet. The door is already opened. Hallelujah. Number two, Jesus is alive. Go back to Luke 24. My number two lesson. Amen. Jesus is alive. Luke 24. Give me verse uh, 5. He says, okay. Thank you. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? I love this. Why are you looking for an alive Jesus amongst dead? Verse 6, he is not here, but he is risen. Say with me, he is risen. Say again, he is alive, he is not dead. Say, my Jesus is alive, he is not dead. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive and he is with us. In Hebrews 13, 5, he, says, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Psalm 23 says, even though I pass through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear because you are with me. Whatever you are going through today, the Lord is with you. You know, I, I read a story some time ago of a man who was dialoguing with Christ. 
or dialoguing with God. And he was talking to God and saying, um, and God said to him, whatever, he, he was um, passing through a challenge. It was a very common story when we were younger. So I know a number of you would have heard it. And so he was talking to God and God said, I'm walking with you. And he, God opened his eyes. I can't remember that thing, but footsteps. You know, if you go to people's house that time, you will see that footstep. Okay, so, and then he could see two, is it two footsteps? What do they call it in English? Two footprints, thank you. Thank you, ma. So he could see two footprints, and it looks like one person was, was walking. And he was telling God, he said, you say you are walking with me, but I can only see two footprints, or like of one person, two footprints of one person. And God said to him, yes, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I do not even allow you to walk because I carry you. The footprints you see are my footprints and not yours. The Lord is carrying you. He's alive. He is not dead. He will never leave you. And that's why we say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care where you are right now. It could be a place of sickness. It looks like how, how many days do I have to go? But hear me, child of God. Even though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, the Lord is with you. He's carrying you and you are not walking. Don't be afraid because you are not walking alone. Don't be afraid because you are not walking alone. So guess what? You don't need expertise. When it comes to this walking, you don't need experience. When it comes to this walking, you don't need expertise. You don't need to know how to walk. You don't need to know how to do it well. Because the Lord is walking on your behalf. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. He's not dead. In the name of Jesus. No matter what you're going through, where you are, can you see Jesus? Can you see Jesus? Hallelujah. The, the angel's question make a very good point. It says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? The living are not found, are not to be found among the dead. We should not expect spiritual life amongst those who do not have it. Glory to Jesus. We should not expect spiritual life among those who do not have it. Many are looking for Jesus in dead things. They are looking for Jesus in dead things. You are looking for Jesus in human effort. I do my best. I read my best. I work hard. But Jesus is not there. Hallelujah. Many are looking for Jesus in rules. They are looking for Jesus in religious traditionalism. It is done like this. When we go to church, this is how we sit. Jesus is not there. He's alive. You have to know Jesus by the spirit, not by your physical mind. You have to know him like I began to say. You have to know him by the spirit, by faith. You know, I began to ask myself. I said, God, help me that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. When you know God, when you know God, you will not be where you are. Do you know how, what it is to be the son of the president? And you know that your father is the president. Do you know what happens? I may not know Buhari's son. I don't even know him, not me. I don't know him. But do you know if he comes to Graceview, he's not going to wait like every one of us. He's going to tell his security, go and tell them to open the gate. 
It is not because we know him. It's because he knows his father. He knows who his father is. He will sit down. If they say, come down, I want to check you, you say, tell them to open the gate. Why? There's a confidence when you know who your father is. If you know the God we serve, that he's alive and not dead, that he's bigger than whatever you are going through, that he's stronger, you will know, you will know how to enter every situation. We enter by faith and not by sight. Jesus, my time is up. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is not in your feeling. He's not here because you can see the answer. He's not in your feeling. Because God said, then it is. Hallelujah. We find Jesus only where there is resurrection life. Where he is worshipped in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. These are some of the most beautiful and important words ever said by an angel to men among the dead. Hallelujah. You may look all over Jerusalem and see countless thousands of tombs, but you will never find the tomb of Jesus. People go for visitation. If you go to Mecca, you will see the tomb of, of uh, Muhammad. If you go to India, you will see the tomb of Buddha. If you go to Jerusalem, there is no tomb for Jesus. He's alive. He's not dead. Hallelujah. He's not there. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. He's not dead. And you know what? He gave us that life. That resurrection life he gave to us. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Say with me. I have full access and closeness to God. And all my prayers ahead. Jesus is alive and he has given me life. I have eternal life. It's called abundant life in the name of Jesus. I end with, with this. When Jesus came, when Jesus resurrected, he had life. And guess what? He gave us same life. John 10 verse 10. His primary assignment. People think Jesus' primary assignment was to take us to heaven or to help us stop what we were doing and start doing the right thing. He says, the thief come, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Jesus speaking, John 3.16, he says, um, what's John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have abundant life. You have zoe. That life in Greek is called zoe. That life Jesus has is the life-giving spirit. That spirit is eternal life. Is zoe life. Is the life of God. I have eternal life. Say with me. Say I have eternal life. I have eternal life. I have eternal life. I cannot die. I cannot be poor because I have eternal life. Eternal life is the life of God. Eternal life is the characteristic of the life of God. I have the life of God. I have the life of God. 
We continue with this on Sunday. I'll tell you a little bit about eternal life. Let me tell you, if you have eternal life, you cannot die. With eternal life, you, can, you have the exact life of God. That means you have the characteristic of, God, of God's life. Let me tell you, when we talk about eternal life, people look at eternal life like um, living forever. Eternal life is much more than living forever. It's having the life of God. If God cannot experience it, I cannot experience it. If God cannot experience it, I cannot experience it. If God cannot be poor, you cannot be poor. If God cannot be sick, you cannot be sick. If God cannot die, you cannot die because you have eternal life. If God rose from the dead, you can rise from the dead. If God enters a situation, what God will do is what you will do. I will talk about eternal life next Sunday. Hallelujah. Father, I give you thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for, ri for rising again. Thank you for your death. Thank you for burial. Your burial. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for rising for me. Thank you for giving me access. And thank you that I have eternal life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I speak to your weak. Let the life of God speak wherever you go. In this new week, experience the way. Experience the life of God. Touch the life of God in the name of Jesus. Everything that was dead comes alive for you. In the name of Jesus, when anything that dies comes in contact with you this week, they will come alive. In the name of Jesus, you are alive. And I enact that covenant of life with you, with God, in the name of Jesus. Your body comes alive. Your business that was dying, it comes alive. In the name of Jesus, that child that was sick, he comes alive. In the name of Jesus, that situation that was dying is alive now. Because the life-giving spirit is at work within you. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you very much. Sit down. Hallelujah. Spread your wings and soar, surrender. Epignosis. Concise knowledge.